Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 2nd of March. Aged care advocates are concerned the Royal Commission's final report into the troubled industry does not go far enough. The Prime Minister handed down the shock findings yesterday, which uncovered widespread sexual and physical abuse and neglect of elderly residents in many aged care facilities. Here's Scott Morrison. We need to make generational change so that the individualised needs and that needs-based care is developed that respects the dignity of the individual Australian. The values, the rights, the needs, this is what must drive the system of the individual. The Royal Commission recommended a complete overhaul of the aged care sector with almost 150 recommendations, including an independent aged care commission. Sarah Hollenbat's dad died after ongoing abuse, including broken bones, and now the aged care advocate is pushing for urgent change. Sarah telling the ABC she is concerned the commissioners were split on their latest findings, saying the federal government needs to provide a clear blueprint on how to fix the system that has failed so many. I think the main finding of the report that's so shocking is the way it castigates the lack of leadership, governmental leadership on the issue of aged care, which has been really endemic over the last 20 years. I think that's the most shocking thing of all, the lack of leadership. Also making news this morning, there is growing pressure on the Prime Minister to take action over the latest rape allegation rocking federal parliament. Former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull says the minister in question over the alleged attack in 1988 needs to front up. Mr Turnbull telling 7.30 while MPs could use parliamentary privilege to name the person concerned, when it comes down to it, it should be up to the individual. Well, I think the ball is really in the court of the minister concerned. I mean, he knows who he is, everyone knows who he is. He may well have known about these allegations for a long time. One of the things we don't know is whether he'd had any communication with the woman who made the complaint. Overseas now, and former US President Donald Trump has spoken for the first time since leaving the White House. Facing a rock star welcome at the Conservative Political Action Conference, Mr Trump returned to the spotlight slamming the current Biden administration. He also ruled out claims he wants to start a new political party, but did suggest he may run again for US President in 2024. A Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. Who, who, who will that be? I wonder. And Prince Philip has been transferred to a different hospital in central London to have tests for a pre-existing heart condition, as well as continuing to receive treatment for an infection. In a statement, Buckingham Palace says the Duke of Edinburgh remains comfortable and is responding to treatment, but is expected to stay in hospital until the end of the week. It comes as we've been given a first glimpse into the much-anticipated Oprah Winfrey interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. A new promo on CBS in the US has just been released, with Harry revealing he was worried about history repeating itself after his mother, Diana, was hounded by the paparazzi. You know, for me, I'm just really relieved and happy to be sitting here talking to you with my wife by my side. Because I can't begin to imagine what it must have been like for her going through this process by herself all those years ago. 
because it has been unbelievably tough for the two of us, but at least we had each other. The TV special, which will air in the US next week, has been extended from 90 minutes to two hours, with Oprah saying it's the best interview she has ever done. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Tuesday morning. And firstly, to New South Wales. More remains have washed up on a local beach as police continue to investigate exactly what happened to missing businesswoman Melissa Caddick. Our reporter Kim Bradish is in Sydney with the latest developments. Yes, Tash, the Sunday discovery of remains at Warrain Beach on the south coast is the third in as many days, with none of the weekend's discoveries linked to Melissa at this stage. The bones discovered on Saturday have now been confirmed as animal bones. Police say the other two sets of remains will undergo forensic testing to find out if they belong to a human or an animal. Melissa and her financial services company has been under investigation by ASIC and she went missing days after her home was raided. Amid allegations, she stole millions from not only investors but friends and family too. It took five days for the DNA testing to come back from the 49-year-old's foot And if that's the case for the other remains, we should know tomorrow if any of the body parts belong to her. The mystery still remains about how and when Melissa entered the water after going missing three months earlier, while questions are being asked if her foot could have survived if she did enter the water all that time ago. To Victoria now, and there are concerns over the local government's state of emergency powers on how to deal with the COVID crisis. James Lake has more from Melbourne. That's right, Tash. It looks like the Andrews government has had to do some backroom deals to get its legislation over the line. Now, the current state of emergency for Victoria was declared on March the 16th last year. And under the current laws, it can't run for more than 12 months. That means it expires in two weeks. The government argues it can't let its emergency powers expire, though, as it would lose the authority to impose any restrictions like stay-at-home orders or face mask rules. Now, this is where it might get shady. The state opposition isn't on board. So the government needs support from the Greens and crossbenchers. It won't be until the revised bill is debated in Parliament today that we'll find out what concessions may have been made to the minor parties so Dan Andrews can keep ongoing COVID restrictions in his back pocket. To Queensland now, and it's been a wild night for many far north Queenslanders with cyclone-like conditions wreaking havoc even before one has formed. Our reporter Matt Layton has more from Cairns. Niran is expected to form into a tropical cyclone sometime this morning. The system's slowly developing off the north tropical coast but is moving northeast away from land. But that hasn't stopped trees and power lines from toppling over. This resident telling Seven his property had a narrow escape after a tree fell in his front yard. Well, I was actually on the phone and the, to my wife and, yeah, the branch cracked and then I, by the time I got down here the whole tree was over. More than 40,000 households from Cairns to Innisfail have been blacked out, some for longer than 24 hours. Ergon Energy's urging all of us to be patient with crews planning to start restoration works once it's safe to do so. Queensland Emergency Services Minister Mark Ryan says it's more important than ever to keep safe and up to date. Don't drive through floodwaters. If it's flooded, forget it. Please have an alternate way to get to and from things you need to do. So think about other ways to get the kids to and from school. Think about other ways to get to and from work. For the latest, check the Queensland Disaster Management website. 
Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott, good morning. The Reserve Bank is meeting later today to make a decision on interest rates. And of course, this comes as house prices across the country continue to soar. Good morning, Tash. It's been an incredible story for property. Really, you know, predictions of crashes of 20, 30%, 40% as late as August, September last year. And really, it couldn't be more different. The RBA, of course, is going to keep rates on hold. Over the weekend, by the way, they doubled their buying of bonds. We won't get into that this morning. But effectively, they're desperately still trying to keep rates down. At the same time, the rest of us are seeing that saying, hey, I'll jump into property. The fastest one-month increase in property prices in 17 years, according to CoreLogic. Uh, clearance rates in Sydney of more than 90%. And clearance rates in the other capital cities much higher than this time last year. It seems not much can slow down the property market. Scott, are you concerned by this bubble, especially if we do see some type of increase in interest rates? Yeah, look, I think I am a little bit, I have to say, what worries me more than anything is the way that people are assuming this is going to stay low forever. It's one thing to say, hey, I can afford the rates now. But, and look, it won't be a fast increase in rates, but it is going to be something that's going to happen over time. It must happen. It's not not if, it's a when. My concern is, of course, that happens before it should. I'm desperately hoping the banks have done the right thing, have stress-tested the loans properly, and then we can afford it. But I've got to say, there's not a lot of us with a whole to spare cash around to, to pay those higher rates if and when they come. Yeah, well said. And Scott, talking about the banks, there's a, a new group in town that would be the extraordinary success of these after-pay groups. And there's new regulations now in force. Yeah, speaking of not having money left around, these buy now, pay later providers have now got a new self-regulatory code. Uh, put me down as being a sceptic on self-regulation because that's kind of an oxymoron as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but uh, they are they are trying to do the, do the right thing themselves before someone else makes them do the right thing. Uh, look, I guess it's we've got to applaud some movements in that general direction, particularly when you know the government and ASIC haven't yet decided to come to the party and actually enforce these rules. But we are borrowing more and more and more using these services. And this potentially is an area where people either get themselves into trouble on buy now, pay later itself, or it becomes that gateway to other credit card and other debt. And so it's one of those situations where hopefully the regulations will help. And like everything, if you can use it wisely, credit can be good. If we use it poorly, it really can be a disastrous financial outcome for Mm. many people. And we know the airlines have been doing it really tough recently with COVID. And there's a new person, a new player in town being regional (laughs) airline Rex. That's right. It's been around forever, of course, mostly in the regions. I've flown a few Rex flights in my time. So Rex has decided now to come domestic or come come by capital city, I should say. They've now started flying between Sydney and Melbourne, if you can believe that. It is one of the busiest routes in the world, airline routes, at least in normal times. And Rex has decided now's the time, and I've, I've got to give it to them. They've got some guts. They've decided now is the time to get involved in one of the hottest you know, commercial routes in the world. It's also been a graveyard, by the way, for so many airlines in the past. There was Compass Mark 1, Mark 2, and I think Mark 3. Ausjets tried it. There's been no shortage of players who try to get involved in this as a third airline in the domestic air travel. It hasn't worked. I don't hold a lot of hope for Rex, but, hey, maybe this is the one that uh, finally breaks the duck. With so many people at home uh, with COVID, uh, many grocery bills have skyrocketed, Scott. But you've got some news that uh, this could be great news. Our shopping bills could be getting cheaper. Yeah, you're welcome, wouldn't it? It'd be about time. We are spending a fortune in Woolies and Coles. And when I say Woolies and Coles, I mean it literally in that order because Woolies has, you know, really stolen the march on Coles when it comes to sales growth over the COVID period. Both of them are growing really strongly, of course, but Coles is losing meaningful amounts of market share to Woolies as part of this battle. And analysts are now expecting that Coles may well reignite a price war to try and steal some of those shoppers back. And I guess, you know, hey, if that means toilet paper and baked beans are cheaper, well, <laughs> we'll take it and then let them fight out amongst themselves. We can do with some good news. We do indeed. Scott, thank you very much. Thanks, Tash.
Sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the bitter feud between the Storm and Broncos has escalated. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. Storm taking their fight with the Broncos to the Victorian Supreme Court. Now, they're seeking to force their outgoing chief, Dave Donaghy, to honour a six-month non-compete clause before he moves to Brisbane. Now, Donaghy says that he doesn't. Uh, it's not in his contract that he has to serve that six months, which would prevent him from taking up the role until the 1st of August. Paul White, uh, who was the Broncos CEO, has already left. So at the moment, they've got no one uh, steering the ship. Apparently, they're going to uh, have a board member who will fill the role in the interim if this isn't sorted out in the next few weeks. Now, some of the other information in these court documents filed to the uh, Victorian Supreme Court yesterday also reveal Storm's fear that uh, Craig Bellamy will end up following Dave Donaghy to Brisbane. The Broncos three times have unsuccessfully tried to get to Craig Bellamy up north. That hasn't worked. Obviously, now that they've got their former CEO, uh, they fear that... Uh, Craig Bellamy will be following him uh, up to the to the sunny state. And plus, there are two players uh, out of contract this year. Those are unnamed in these documents, but they they um, they obviously think that uh, Dave might try and take the coach and some players with him. So a bit to play out there. Yeah, lots of controversy in the NRL at the moment. And on to the AFL now. An AFL legend is in hospital after a serious crash in Hobart. Yeah, still some sort of sketchy details around this. This happened on Sunday afternoon. A Roy Sard, a legend with the Richmond Football Club and also at Tasmanian footy, is in hospital uh, as we speak, reportedly set to go surgery for a broken arm. He was taken to hospital uh, on Sunday with serious injuries, involved in a head-on crash uh, with two other people. He was driving a, a Nissan Juala, so that's a, a small SUV, collided with a with a hatchback, and there was a 77-year-old man and 74-year-old woman were uh, in that car. They were also taken to hospital with serious injuries. So we wish them all the best. Yeah, we hope they are all okay. And also, we haven't seen David Warner on the field for a while. That groin injury caused him a bit of trouble. When will he be back? Yeah, three months. It's been a while, hasn't it, David Warner? We haven't seen him on the pitch, as you said. There, Tash, he's going to line up for New South Wales. They've got a a one-day on Thursday against South Australia. So the long road back for David Warner will uh, start playing some state cricket. Brett, thank you very much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details now around the country this Tuesday morning. And as we reported earlier, wild weather is hitting far north Queensland with local residents on cyclone watch. Brisbane, possible shower or storm today, a top of 33. Sydney, partly cloudy and 24. Melbourne, mostly cloudy and 17. Sunny and 25 for Canberra. Shower or two on the way for Hobart, just 15 degrees today. Mostly sunny and 25 for Adelaide. Shower or two on the way with a possible storm for Perth, 31 and 32 degrees degrees and a shower or two expected for Darwin. And Lady Gaga's dog walker has taken to Instagram from his hospital bed in his first post since he was shot in the chest. Ryan Fisher was out walking Lady Gaga's three French bulldogs in Hollywood when he was ambushed by two armed men who stole two of the expensive pets. Ryan says he is still recovering from a very close call with death, but says the love he has received from around the world has been immense and intense. He also paid tribute to Lady Gaga. The stolen dogs have since been found alive and well, while as for his future, Ryan says he can't wait till he is bombarded with kisses and licks. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode and a whole new world of audio 
by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.